Welcome to Wax Half Full, episode 61. I'm your host, Wax, here as always, with my co-host, Ads. Also, producer Keith, chipping in every now and then. Ads, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I just spent um, 45 minutes in queue and didn't click the link, click the accept button, sorry, not the link, because I knew that I had the pod coming up, so I decided to not click that game, and I just waited 45 minutes of my life. Well, not really, because I was doing other things, and I'd forgotten I was in queue. But regardless, OCE, dead server. Also, uh, let's do some housekeeping, I, I guess. Uh, so if it, if everything had gone to plan, you would have been shipping out to Japan in two days, but I, well, what's what's going on there? Yeah, the what's going on is Japan won't let me in. <laughs> um, Japan's had the borders closed since, I think, either very late in November or early December. And the latest news is that they're going to continue to keep their borders closed to all non-resident slash citizens until um end of end of february so that's the situation there and there's not really much i can do until that gets sorted because they've also um stopped processing visas and stuff Uh, ah i see like regardless i wouldn't be letting anyways but i can't do all the visa work beforehand which is a bit annoying but what can you do so now i'm in a bit of a wait and see phase all right, but it's not like uh, your application or whatever has been canceled, right? It's just been delayed indefinitely. Like once yeah. it opens back up, like, you're, you're, it's not like you lose your place in line, so to speak. No, I'm still there. All right. Unlike a League of Legends queue, you can just delay this forever. Yeah, but League of Legends queue is only once. It only comes around once in your life. At least once, <laughs> once in a blue moon in New South Wales or in OCE, sorry. All right. Uh, all right, and let's. So our first topic. Let's just start off by uh, let's, let's update people on what happened in the world of sports. So last week we went in some death on the Djokovic case in Australia, and yes, our timing is awful because uh, the podcast came out two day. The podcast was two days late, I think, when it came out. We recorded on Thursday, and the podcast came out on Saturday. And by then, like a shit ton of new details had come out. So, as update us, because this is already a complicated story. If you listened last week, you know this is like an insanely complicated story with a lot of information that wasn't there. And now that we actually know, now that we actually have some public information, it doesn't make it any simpler. This is still like a clusterfuck. What happened? Yeah, so I think when we left off on Thursday or Friday, uh, Australian time, um, Djokovic had been had had his visa cancelled, and he was awaiting a trial or it's a court date. Man, I don't know if it's really a trial um, on the Monday. And we had yet to find out a lot of details such as we didn't know exactly what Djokovic's um, his, his exemption, exemption was, yep. yeah. yeah, his reason for exemption, which we now know was a COVID um, infection on the 16th of December, or at least that's when he did his test. Apparently, he found that out later, but we'll discuss that because that becomes right. even more of a clusterfuck. But that was the reason. He went to court. Um, the judge... Well, I, honestly, the lawyers, having listened, I didn't watch the whole thing. It was really a clusterfuck. Even the day was a clusterfuck with so many technical difficulties delaying the court proceedings over and over again. But the end result was that um, the judge had found the Australian government to not have followed due process or whatever, and that um, the visa cancellation was invalid. That does not, however, mean that Djokovic is in the clear, and we'll get into that 
uh, as we go. We're still waiting on whether he's fully in the clear as of yet. But I've, I've I found the lawyers for the Australian government to be almost borderline purposely incompetent. Purposefully incompetent. I don't know, like, uh, I had, had some examples, but now I've forgotten them. But they just seemed as though they had really no idea what they were arguing for. Um, so Djokovic's argument was that he'd, he'd followed all all the, um, the everything that uh, Australia, the, the Victorian government asked. He, you know, he wouldn't have left um, his country or Serbia. Or actually, I think it was in Dubai. Had he not, had he known he wouldn't be allowed in, had he known that it wasn't a valid exemption, he said he argued that um, the border control officer did not give him enough time to contact Tenestreo or anybody who was, you know, who was looking after him because it was like what four a.m. in the morning when they when they came in, and then they said, oh, we'll give you to eight a.m., but then they didn't end up giving him to eight a.m. and they told him at seven a.m. your visa's been cancelled and moved him to a hotel. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a clusterfuck in terms of the actual, the original visa cancellation. And now we're getting into an even bigger clusterfuck in the aftermath of that court case. But that's pretty much where we're at right now. Right. So, uh, like from my understanding is like all the evidence has borne out. It's mostly borne out that, uh, the fact that they decided randomly, not randomly, but the sign that they decided to deport him or deny his visa in the 10 hours he was in the air, that was purely a political decision to try to get political capital. Like, it really seems like that's what happened. It does. That, that being said, uh, I forgot to mention that last week we did discuss the three other athletes um, who'd also gotten similar exemptions. All of those athletes have now left the country. Um, there's even right. a, there's there's even a follow up to that that we might touch on, but it, even that is a clusterfuck in and of itself. So we'll get into right, that, right? Because well, yeah, because that well, I mean that sort of corro- corroborates the theory. Like the government was like, okay, we're gonna everyone's mad at Djokovic, we're gonna kick him out, and you know, have everyone cheer for us. And then they realized, oh shit, he's not the only one who who's getting in that way. So now we gotta pretend to look consistent. So let's kick out these other guys too. And these and other that's what guys it looks like. And those other guys obviously don't have the pull or the say, or maybe maybe not the will. Um, to argue against this the way Djokovic is. Um, yeah. So they just left without much of a fuss, really. Um, right. But that in and of itself causes a problem because if you are denied a visa in that manner, you are actually ba- barred from the country for three years. So yeah. those three uh, players would then therefore be ineligible to play in any tournament for the next three years. Now, whether they'll get an exemption for that uh, later on is uh, still to be seen. Right. So... So, so before we move on to like how this issue got bigger, at least on the surface of it, the way it played out, I, I sort of see, you know, whether or not, you know, I, I agree with Djokovic's stance on any other thing is different, but I, I can see why he feels aggrieved because he really did do it. It does seem like he did do everything that he was told. And then when he got here, he was, when he got to Australia, he was fucked over by the prime minister or the, the federal government, basically. So from his perspective, like that does make sense. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's arguing that... Um... There isn't a politically charged, um, even in Australia, nobody's arguing that there isn't a politically charged um, aspect to this. I think the people who are still supporting this, despite knowing that, are arguing that despite the politically charged notions, the decision in and of itself is right, if that makes sense. Like like the actual decision should have been yeah. made regardless of political um, affiliations or political aspirations. In terms of in terms of that, I think most of okay. maybe, well, maybe not a strong majority, but a majority do feel that way. 
well, going maybe this goes into the the further clusterfuck, the part two. But was that actually even legal? Uh, which one? Like to decide to say, hey, by the way, you know, the visa we just gave you, it's not valid. Like the, the, doing that, is that something? Is that legally? Yes, it's one hundred percent legal. Technically legal. All right, all right, yeah. Never mind. Well, first off, I think the argument, the main argument, um, that they cancelled the visa on whether the eligibility rules are. Um, up to the government, and those have changed mo- multiple times throughout the um, course of the pandemic, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the main argument they had, uh, I don't have the exact law, but somebody who um, is against or who has, who is a danger to national interests was the, um, was the exact like part of the, of the visa that they really pulled up on. So basically they're saying is that Allowing Djokovic into the country is a is a danger to national interests. Obviously, they all write <laughs> these catch-alls yeah. that yeah. yeah exactly, and regardless exactly. of that, now we're at the point where um the minister for I can't remember which minister is, but um he's basically has a, like a like a veto over all visas, and he can now veto it. And now that's at the point where we are at. All right. So, could you explain how this this clusterfuck is going? Okay, so now we're at the point now where we are essentially waiting for the Australian government to make a final decision, um, which may not even be a final decision, because, uh, uh, sorry, yeah, Immigration Minister Alex Hawke is considering whether to use his ministerial powers to cancel Djokovic's visa, um, but he has not done that yet. There are reports that he will be announcing a decision now, and it's unclear whether that will go in Djokovic's favour, Djokovic, as of now, is now outside, he's out of the hotel, uh, whatever you call it, detention. Um, yeah. And he's practicing. He's, he's been announced in the draw. Yeah. Right. So basically, so what happened right now is like he, he basically filed like an injunction in court and the and the judge gave it to him, right? He said, no, like, they, they can't keep you detained at the immigration hotel. So right now, is he is he in there legal, in Australia legally, or is he in some sort of like midway limbo? As of right now, considering as far as I can tell that his visa did not get cancelled, like the injunction had taken away the cancellation of his visa, he's legally in Australia. But actually, I'm not 100% sure on that. So I wouldn't like quote me on that one. Okay. So, so they can retake away his visa, but this time in a way that has finality, that he can't appeal that. Um, apparently, he can appeal that too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how long, how long can this go on? Uh, indefinitely. So here's the funny thing, right? People are now arguing like whether this will go into the first round of the Australian Open. Um, one of the one of the comparisons made was the um infamous Argentina versus Brazil match, where the the match actually started. Uh, this is in soccer, where the match actually oh, yeah, started very recently. Yeah. yeah, very recently. And then uh, officers came onto the pitch and detained uh three or four players. And told them they had to leave the country because they violated the COVID rules. And I, I, yeah, so so there, there is um I guess precedent, obviously in a different sport, that this could happen during a match if it was to happen. I don't think Australia wants that. Like at this point, I think they've they've realized that there is a such a backlash, maybe not to the actual decision, but the way they've handled it, that I think they want. And this is why they're taking so long. They want like a final decision. They want to be one hundred percent sure. They want to lock, you know, dot their eyes and cross their t's, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like they have to, they, they have to get this right now. Like, there's no second it's, chance. It seems, 
it seems like a no-win decision because they've already fucked it up. Like, no matter which way it goes, like, the government loses. It's, this is just damage mitigation, basically. Yeah, and I think the question now that the government has to ask itself is what looks worse? You know, right, standing exactly. down or or pushing your case further, getting him removed regardless of, you know, the backlash that's going to occur. Yeah, yeah neither, neither way is good. And yeah. also, if so... So you're, you are saying again, uh, just just to confirm, if they kick him out again, he can also appeal again. So this circus as, could. As far as I know, on. that's what I've read that he can appeal, um, but I doubt that one will go well because it's gone from ministerial powers rather than from the border control um, option. Where where like the whole um, there there have been like other stars, like, not just. Like obviously not sports related, but there have been other people who have been banned from Australia um, using like ministerial powers before. Um, the most famous one, probably Tyler, the creator, uh, who's what, a famous what, rapper. What yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was kind of like a mini riot that happened in New Zealand. And then the Australian government just said, we are, we'll, never, we'll never accept a visa from you. Oh, so he but I think that got like back riot. To, inside the riot so, in so New Zealand. In a, a concert riot. in New Zealand. And, and his next... And his next stop was going to be Australia. And Australia yeah. Was like, yeah, you're not, you're not coming here. Okay. Yeah. And I think that got revoked, uh, but only very recently. Like, it stood for quite a long time, like years. So, a couple of years. Okay. So. It has happened before, I think. Yeah. Is that what happened to... Uh, uh, I remember, like, Johnny Depp got kicked out of Australia because he smuggled his pet dogs in. And I, I don't know if that's like, yeah. a similar situation. No, nah, that was just um quarantine thing. Oh, okay. All right. I, I see. I see. But I don't All know right, if he's banned so... from Australia, actually. But yeah, all right. So yeah, that's a clusterfuck. And by the time you listen to this podcast, the situation may have been resolved, or it may have gone to yet another appeal, and it's, it won't be resolved. So yeah, just just. So, yeah. Uh, I think we can also discuss something about Djokovic's case here, and it's the uh, whole COVID in- infection. I think that's a very interesting part. I don't know if you've kept track of um the actual uh, I, timeline i kept track of it i kept track of it at like uh, but this is this is like uh, independent of the entire australia thing is uh, but apparently that he basically told on himself in order to fight the australian government he had to tell, tell on himself basically that and reveal that yes like he had covid in the mid december and that he may or may not have knowingly knowing that he was infected broken many quarantine rules or so well some aspects he so he traveled to no. spain in he right. definitely knowingly broke quarantine rules at least once. At least once, yeah. So one of the things was he went to Spain and and he went there even though he wasn't supposed to. So that I think was strictly that was strictly illegal. And there was some stuff he did that was just like unethical, I suppose. Like he he did a photo shoot with a with a magazine, and I don't he didn't disclose to the people he was doing the photo shoot with that he was infected. So that's just unethical. I don't know if that's illegal, and maybe it is in certain countries, but. Is there well, yeah, else it, that it, it it is illegal in Serbia. Like you can't leave quarantine. That's just like the seven day quarantine, or whatever it was. Um, so oh he, right, he, he, I, he did public, yeah, he even did public the, appearances in Serbia too. So there's that. Yeah. But according to him, those public appearances came before he'd gotten the positive PCR test result. Right. Um, so there's that. These are, these but, are, but yeah, these are but the, yeah, these are just things that like reflect poorly on his character in, in general. Yeah, but that also adds to Australia's claim that. Therefore, like if he, if he's acting this way, um, ah. he, he could it could show upon his character in terms of denying him his visa from the national interesting. Where it's oh, showing, right, right. He's a scummy dude. Well, he's, it's not in our natural interest to let him stay in this country. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that helps the Australian government quite a lot. 
um, whether or not like they, they they can't specifically point to that that uh, scenario and say okay you know you did this therefore we can't trust you kind of thing but they can say that it adds to the character profile that they're building of him being of allowing him into the country destabilizing destabilizing the nation almost um, they can argue that now whether um, that's a very very strong argument is an, is another question but it is an argument to be made. Um, and I think uh, if I was to guess, that would be the uh, that would be the argument to be made here for Australia is that um, Djokovic is representing a segment of Australia that, uh, or or is kind of being like a not really a martyr, but a, a kind of being a martyr for that segment of Australia that the government is trying to. I don't think suppress is the right word, but is definitely trying to quell the anger of that segment of Australia, despite it yeah. being a, 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 a loud minority. Yeah, I gotta say though, has the public sentiment shifted since the last talk? Because one week ago, you said the majority of people were basically just like angry that he was being given preferential treatment. Now, th- people feel. I think people still are angry that he was given given preferential preferential treatment, but they're also angry at the government's incompetence in the way Australia has looked um, in in the media. I guess um, now the other thing that happened with this prime minister recently was. Um, and I don't know if this made uh, news outside of Australia, but it was probably big in France and Australia was the whole um, submarine issue where Australia mm. kind of looked like fuckwits um, in that whole issue. And Marcon, Marcon, I don't know how to say his name, the French prime minister, president, I'm not sure, yeah. um, went, published, publicly bashed uh, Scott Morrison. And then during a G20 summit, then again, snubbed him again, and it's been a whole international relations issue. So the question now is upon that, upon the uh, Scott Morrison government is, can they maintain inter- international relations? Because right now these are two big international relations failures that are sh- not showing well on his CV before he heads into an election this year. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, for, for the submarine deal, the, the US thanks you. Yeah, no worries. And then we bought some tanks off you guys that stay in America. <laughs> That we don't even get. They just stay in America. And if there's a war, you guys promise oh, to you... give it to us. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, come on. Like, when have we broken our promises? It's like, honestly, never. To Australia. Yeah. yeah we only, only the Brits have broken their promises to us. Exactly. All right. So, yeah, in, in any case, to wrap up, this, top, this topic is, uh, it's the Djokovic topic is a clusterfuck. And hopefully by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll have resolved itself. But if not, you know, maybe we'll talk about it again next week. Yes, we get more content. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so speaking speaking of sports, I guess we'll move on to our second topic of the day. So uh, the New York Times, they ran an article about how the this young generation, like people aged between like 12 to 17 or so, they are drastically less interested in sports Uh so that's just well, maybe I should broaden the band. Uh, Gen Z is much more is much less interested in sports than previous generations. And this article is basically about how big companies are struggling with this. Like they're they're seeing like their future. Like like they're they're actually they're they're not super panicking, but they are kind of worried. And they're now that's why they that's that's basically why in a Super Bowl ad they brought a ninja into a random Super Bowl ad with like fifty of the greatest players of all time. Did you see that one ad? No, I did not. What was it? A ninja. Uh, uh, oh, they got yeah, ninja, so, the, the player, the Fortnite streamer. Yeah, yeah. So the Fortnite, the Fortnite streamer who was popular like two years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. So really to, in touch. 
so there was like a there was like a seventy five year anniversary. I forgot which anniversary it was. It was an NFL anniversary. Maybe it was fifty years. So, but whatever. To celebrate, they did a commercial where they brought in like basically every legend of the game who was still alive to do this commercial, and it was a really really awesome commercial. But Ninja has like an insanely awkward and weird cameo in it. He just shows up for like like three seconds. And he's the only cameo. Basically, everyone else is a legendary football player, and there's Ninja in the middle of it. And that's just sort of part of uh, that's marked as an example of how these uh, big traditional sports leagues are trying to cater to youth. They're making TikTok accounts. They're opening like NBA 2K, Madden esports leagues. All of this is an attempt to woo the younger generation. So uh, let me just try to read some of the stats they put out here. Uh, in t- 2018, only 38% of children aged 6 to 12 play team sports on a regular basis, down from 45% in 2008, according to the Sports and Fitness Industry Association. All right, let me read some more stats. In 2021, 28% of, ch- 28% of parents with children in youth sports said their child was not interested in playing sports, up from 19% the year before, according to a study by Aspen Institute of Sports and Society Program. Let me that's see a, some that's more. A oh, okay. jump. And that yeah, might yeah. be ascribed uh, to spending a twenty twenty at home. That's that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, because the other study it was it was in twenty eighteen, and this one was twenty twenty one. But I think the trend still holds. Okay, uh, here's another stat: only twenty three percent of Generation Z said they were passionate sports fans, compared with the forty two percent of millennials, defined as twenty six to forty one. Thirty three percent of Generation X, forty two to fifty seven, and thirty one percent of baby boomers, fifty seven to seventy six, who identified themselves as passionate. More striking was that 27% of Gen Zers said they dislike sports altogether, compared with just 7% of millennials, 5% of Gen Xers, and 6% of boomers. So, uh, as, as a borderline, well, you're a young millennial, right? I don't, I don't think you can as Z, but whatever. Yeah, I'm like on so the at, Ye threshold. Yeah, so as a young millennial and someone who, who uh, teaches Zoomers, is this something that you notice? I think it's something that I noticed, but also something of some some kind of trend that doesn't quite hold as strong in the demographic that I teach, um, or I taught, being that uh, a lot of them are coming from. I I, th- I think for the most part, when you have a a big uh, migrant or like minority um, cohort, a lot of them still stick strong to the whole um, sports aspect of it like most of my most of the kids i teach are like massive rugby league or soccer fans and i i think that's held true you know actually i was surprised at how popular rugby league in particular was with children like it was more it it wasn't like dominantly popular as it was when i was a kid but uh with the kids i taught like i, I thought it would be a much smaller sport but it actually a very it still held a very strong um Strong appeal to my area, but that that might not hold true for uh, places with. I think high, the higher socioeconomic places do lose that, um, and I don't mean like super high economic. I just mean like upper mid middle class, I guess. Interesting. Oh well, could you like elaborate on what the demographics of the of your classes are? Yeah, so my the demographics of my classes are mainly uh, Middle Eastern migrant or Asian migrant families, um, some Polynesian and Melanesian. Um, demographics and, and a bit of Australian, like uh, Australian demographic as well. But for the most part, low socioeconomic as well, meaning that a lot of those kids still play, you know, sports, see as a, their parents still see it as a traditional um, manner of engaging with the community. 
Um, like, like in Australia, a lot of the soccer teams in particular are very, um, very country-based, meaning like, for example, there is a team, uh, there is a soccer mm. team that's own, that, that the, all the Greeks play for. There's a soccer team that okay. all the Croatians play for. There's a soccer team that all the Turks play for. If that makes sense. Okay, so 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 like basically amateur hobby sports is very much tied to like ethnic social like ethnic, yeah, hobby ethnic groups, ethnic community groups. community groups. Yeah, and and therefore like groups, because, yeah, because the community is so tied to this to the um to the sporting club, the club becomes like a like a community you know meetup place kind of thing uh, where that adds to the appeal and the the structure of the community. That means that more kids, kids are more likely to play those sports, whether forced on or not, is a different question. Obviously, there's there's obviously a bit of forcing kids to do things that they don't like in anything, right? Um, yeah. If that wasn't the case, I would have not quit karate, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I was so uh, so. You're saying that uh, in your your general perception of rugby is that. It's not what it used to be. If you look at Australia as a whole, it doesn't have the cultural relevance it, it had. It used to have, like from like your teenage years. But yeah. somehow, it still it still seems very important to these kids because yeah. it's what they play. I, I was surprised that the amount of kids that played the sport still, because when you go into the news, you even in Australia, you do hear this doom and gloom about traditional sports. Um, you know, and and maybe statistically, you're right. There, there is a reduction in the amount of kids playing sports. I think one of those stats specifically went from 2020 to 2021, which made it like it was like, like almost a 10 percent jump in that. But I, I think that you're right in that the general or this article is right rather that this general trend is true that kids in general prefer playing video games over over sports. That's the that's the truth. Yeah, so you're you're a rarity. You're you're the one who does both. You are you're you're toxic and violent in both video games and in real life. Yeah, this is uh, it's all about balance, balance in life. Um, I I think some of those traditional sports also like especially rugby and um, gridiron or American football are suffering from a bit of a what do you want to call it perception a perception problem um, mm. with the whole uh, you know concussion issue that's risen up you know most parents just don't want to have their kids um you know be influenced by that kind of thing and that's one of the biggest problems that's facing contact sports like rugby and it might be uh soccer has been largely immune to this but it's 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 a growing concern even in the soccer world where in australia at least it is banned to to teach kids headering heading the ball in training you can't teach kids under the age of i want to say 13 Interesting. Um, you, they're not allowed to head the ball. Like you know, if you the traditional soccer drill would be like having one kid throw the ball to the other kid and the other kid head it back to them. That that's illegal. You, you might still see it from you like you can't you can't even head on defense to clear an aerial. Like, no, no, you can do thing. it in the game. You just can't train okay. it. Oh, you can't train it. You can't. Okay, adults can't train the children. If yeah. kids do it themselves, it's fine. Okay. If the I kid see. just goes to a park and doesn't, well, no one can slot in. But like in an actual like training environment, you can't. Now I'm sure people are getting around that in multiple ways, but yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's something that's changed recently, and it, it might be a growing concern in soccer, and it might damage the perception of soccer as being a safer, safer sport, mm-hmm. and therefore reduce their numbers. But soccer by far is the biggest sport in in Australia for kids. I don't know if that's still right. that's the case in America. Okay, uh, I mean it is at a, like at a very young level, but then once the kids get older, because like, soccer is the easiest one, they enroll kids in like at a very young level. But yeah, yeah. So, as kids get older, it's it's you know they go into basketball, they go into football, to American football, okay. that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, okay. I think, I think soccer is the most popular if, in every age group, including adults. 
Interesting. In Australia, Why do you guys Des- despite yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Despite Why the sport itself not being popular at like in a professional level. Why do we suck? Small population, the best athletes go to other sports. Um, uh, our league is trash. It's kind of uh, most people, and basically, you know, how I said that ethnic group, um, that ethnic mm-hmm. group, uh, link before the A League existed, there was a, a league that had the ethnic groups soccer clubs as soccer clubs. But the problem was, was then it, it, it was it was a race war league. No, yeah, <laughs> it, it actually about. became a. And I'm not even <laughs> meme, you're not memeing. It actually started to become a race war league. Where they're That's like amazing. the Croatian, like Serbian teams, there would be like all that brawls in the crowd, in the teams. It was oh, very bad. So they had to. I wish, I wish we could have that here, but they they had to keep that. Nice they, had to, they had to close that league and then reform another league that was, you know, uh, ethnicity agnostic. <laughs> that was actually <laughs> a big push for the newest league that got created, okay. and even that league okay. is now struggling. Okay, so by the way, this is kind of interesting to hear because um, like one of the stereotypes or one of cultural stereotypes Australia has is that you know everyone's like everyone's they like it's a very uh, sports-centered country like that's the, the sort of perception you have around the world right it's why the country overperforms the Olympics despite having like a tiny population because uh, they all this is what, what you're taught in like news articles and in school like oh you know Australia like there's such a huge focus on sports in school everyone's supposed to play something so how much of that is true and if that's tr- is, is that like actually true or is that kind of overblown? Is that sort of like just sort of like a dumb stereotype? I think it's true in that as a kid, I and other people, um, like the first thing you learn as a kid in Australia, it's highly, highly pushed is to swim. Like I learned how to swim when I was like basically before I could walk almost like 18, 18 months old kind of thing. And I mean, that's yeah, extremely popular. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense because like, like, like 80% of your population lives like by water. Or yeah, near, yeah. It makes sense as like a government decision, and that's why we've always been good at like swimming. Swimming's been by far the best mm-hmm. sport for Australia and the Olympics for for a very long time. Um, swimming has suffered big losses though in the past in terms of like um, people who are still signing up for it beyond like the young young child level. But I think that's starting to turn around now. But uh, that that was a big concern for swimming. Um, and then I think I just, I feel like for the most part, Australians are more willing to play more sports. Mm. I, I think that um, it's not quite like pigeonholed. I, I don't have experience in other countries, but like for me and all my friends, you know, we would play basically every sport. Like we would play rugby league, we would play soccer, we would play tennis, we would play volleyball, we would play, I would, you know, I'd go do karate, you'd still be swimming. Like th- there's just a appeal at more sports more consistently and I don't, I don't know if that was just my friend group but i think in general that was the case whether that that's still the case in australia i think there's like america there's been a big hit to to sport and a lot of sporting like a lot of um community sporting uh clubs are really hurting right now i know i know that for a fact okay uh one of the other questions i had was uh if sports are so important to like minority community groups why are all your Olympians white? Like, I, I don't think, I feel like I've seen like almost no uh, Australian Olympians or athletes that weren't white, except like the rugby players, basically. See, see if, if you ask, if you ask yeah. a lot except of... Except the Polynesian like, rugby players. Besides them, it's like every, everyone who goes to Olympics is, it, it seems like they're white. Well, for, first of all, a lot of, the so- for soccer anyways, there's a lot of um, Croatian, Serbian, uh, that kind of ethnicity group in, in the soccer yeah, team. I, yeah, yeah, I said white. Yeah. 
But as in like that's an ethnic group. As far as like other ethnic groups, I think at the highest level, at least for my friends and I, at the highest level, there is a big expense. And I don't just mean expense as in like cost cost money, but there's also time investment. Um, so my friends who were good at, like I had one friend who was an elite level so- cricket player and an elite level soccer player. The elite level cricket player would have to drive, his dad, his dad would have to drive him three times a week to the city um, to where it was held. He lived in basically a suburb that's the, the furthest you can be away from the city as possible. Yeah. Um, three hours, three times a week. Um, he, you know, the gear that he'd have to pay for was like over $3,000. He'd pay like $3,000 in fees. Is the league also pay to play on top of that? Yeah, it's pay to play. On top, okay. Um, and this is, and then on top of that, you got in soccer, same thing, but in soccer, it's beyond that. Um, you're 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 driving your kid to the central coast, to which is like a two hour drive. You're driving them well into central New South Wales, which is like three, four, five hour drives. Um, that's a big type of investment for migrant families. And it, it did hurt a lot of migrant families uh, at that time. I think now you're starting to see a growth in um, elite-level migrant players purely because now they, you're getting into second, third-generation migrant families that do have uh, t- the ability to have that time investment and the ability to have that money investment. Hmm. That's actually really interesting you say that because I thought that the big sports in Australia, you know, rugby and and. The most popular ones are cricket and rugby, I guess, right? The, the team sports. Yeah. R- rugby is cheap to play. It's the, by far the cheapest to right. play. Way cheaper right. than soccer. But, soccer is, is... I pay every year just for yeah. the summer comp, not even the whole year. I pay $500 a year. Yeah, but I was going to ask that question because because uh, I thought like... So in America, the most popular sports, the ones where the sports leagues are the most lucrative, basically like all the structure is set up so that... Because the teams, they want to find the best young talent and make them into players, right? So all the the structures and economies are set up so that, the, that if you are really talented at it, uh, you don't have to pay that much money. Like that's why like all these poor, like poor kids, there's a big. If you're really good at sports, like, that's why you know pe- poor you know, poor people see that as a like, way out of poverty because there's a, a pipeline that's like, basically tailored to find you and raise you through the ranks of like you know junior and college and then you know finding up to the pros. I, it's I really think, only, and it's really only the unpopular sports that have that kind of structure where it's like, oh, the parents have to drive you around and it's pay to play. So youth, youth soccer in America is like that. Youth hockey in America is like that. Like the, the, the tier two sports, they're the ones where you know only the rich people can participate in. Sports, sports are actually popular. Like capitalism has kind of worked because capitalism has, has the incentives are to find these kids to develop them. So, so it's actually set up so that if you're really good and if you and even if you're poor, you don't really have you don't need the money to be, become a pro. So I'm kind of surprised here in Australia that even in your most popular sports, that you know talents can just like basically not be scouted because they don't have the money to participate. I th- I think uh, rugby league does have a very similar structure to like American sports, but I think the fact that now people do dislike the fact that uh, American sports has the whole um, college system that grows into the um, professional system that doesn't exist in Australia. Um, so basically, every team. Every club itself, like a, a club itself, is responsible for an area in rugby league. At least, is responsible right. for say, say, Western Sydney or a couple of suburbs in Western Sydney, meaning that any investment has to come from them. And these clubs aren't as big as uh, as what may seem. A lot of them lose ridiculous amounts of money, and they're basically propped up. Um, so so but, they're not they're not like Bar- they're not like Barcelona Academy that can have like hundreds of kids. No, they're they're okay. they have 
uh, academy, like small academy teams. They have academy teams for every couple of years in the junior ranks. But um, let's say the success rate for them is pretty low. And I, I think whether this is right or not, it's something that's been stereotyped in a lot of ethnic communities is the lack of work ethic for some of these kids because uh, kind of like a sm- uh, you know, a big fish in a small pond syndrome happens to a lot of the kids. I'm, sh- I'm sure that happens in every sport though, so it's not really a big criticism of just that. I mean, yeah, but that, that's that's sort of a it, it, isn't that sort of like a sort of the the racial undertone a lot of the time that happens in the media. Like it's the it's the white kids that are like hardworking and like you know they get by despite their lack of talent because they are hard workers and like the athletic talent the kids are divas. Like that's like a pervasive narrative in American sports. Yeah, I, I would agree in general that that's the case. Yeah. Okay. And, and well, yeah. So anyway, you're you're saying that the capital the. The business of sports in Australia is not as big as it seems, so it's it's, it's not it's necessarily not big enough to like sustain that kind of thing. I don't think yet, for the most part. And, and there are only a few sports. I think probably AFL has the best kind of structure, but even AFL has a very very distinct lack of ethnic uh, diversity as well. Sports in general, I think in Australia, just have a distinct lack of ethnic diversity. I'm um, at the okay. elite level. Um, right. You forgot to read the best quote from this. Oh, yeah, you, you, you go, 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 go. All right. Rich Luca, a social psychologist who has tracked friends in sports for 30 years, a uh, trend, sorry, not friends, I can't read, in sports for 30 years, said children 10 and under today are having the first unattainable childhood, meaning that parents, teachers, and other adults are unable to reach them if they are also not, uh, if they are not also online. Luckily, guys, mm. I'm online. <laughs> yeah, no, man. Family online. I, 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 Dude, I, dude, I felt, I felt that. that 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 made me feel old. Like, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know who the youngest person I talk to is. I mean, like, I feel like if I talk to like a ten year old, if I had to, like, I'd just be fucking. I'd have no fucking idea. Talking like a modern tween. Like the youngest person I talk to is probably in their mid twenties at most. Probably, uh, yeah. I think for the most part, kids haven't changed that much. You think it's an exaggeration, or you think, you think oh, this is a boomer? I, I, it's always been the case, you know, like if you go back to like yeah. the Greek days, they'll say children these uh, days don't, uh, <laughs> you know, say thanks to their parents, you know, fucking fuck off. Boomers yeah, but, just need but, to fuck off. But I think, I think the, techno- the technology is real though. Like the like cell, cell phones and like internet, like that's like... That, that is real. It just means that the, the culture shifts faster. Yeah. I, I, I think that even like something like Gen Z is... I, I think the original generation... Um, what do you call like year boundaries is too big yeah. now. It should be smaller for the for oh. new generations. I I, 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 I think we should move through generations faster. I mean, what's going on? Are are the twelve year olds calling like the fifteen year olds like out of touch now? Is that what ha- is that's what's happening? Because at least cause I thought I thought that at least up to like eighteen or so, you looked up to well maybe not up to eighteen like let's say up to like twenty two or so you look up to older people, you want to be older, right? And then at a certain point, like, I don't know where the turning point is, where being young is cooler, but like, that's, that was, at least when I was, a lot, at least when, you know, when I was in my 22. 20s. Holy fuck. 22? That, that, that's because Americans don't drink till 21, that's why. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, I was thinking like, like, maybe up to like 25, I would say, is like when I was like in my 20s. I think 25 like... is, up, is up to the age where you want to be older, and then after you're 25, you want to be younger. Like, that sort of seemed to be the case when I was when I was in uh, my twenties. Nah, I think it's a lot lower. So lot so lower. now like so like at, at what point so like do the twenty one year olds want to be eighteen now? Probably yeah. 
God, that's that's crazy. In Australia, at least, I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's it's the case in America too. I, I couldn't say. If the American drinking age was twenty, it was eighteen. They probably would. <laughs> All right. So the, the other part of this article that I was, thought, I was interested in is like, so outside of even just being you know participating in sports, I thought the fandom part was interesting too because I, I I didn't know that. Well, I didn't imagine like that sports fandom had waned this much in the youth because I thought like sports was kind of a. And I, I guess maybe this is the boomer in me talking. I just thought it was like I take it for granted. I take it for granted that a lot of people will like it, and you don't have to put any effort into having sports fans who don't actually play the sport. But I guess like yeah, it's that's actually a thing that's shifting. Maybe like there's I don't know why, why it is. Maybe there's more competition for entertainment. There's like you know yeah. watching a sports game front like you know start to end is what it's a solid hour two half, three hour investment. Hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Maybe. Like, it just, made, it just made me realize by myself that I have been taking this stuff shit for granted when I shouldn't have been. Like, like, nothing, is a, nothing is a given, I suppose. I, I think the interesting thing to note is, that I, in my opinion, I think that... Um, Baz, why are you so old, man? You, you play soccer and you're like a big fan of traditional sports. Like, like why are you so old, man? And you're only in your 20s. I like sports, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can I ask, can I ask you why you like sports? Because basically, the, so, so the premise of this article is that, you know, uh, younger people, they were, it was passed along to them by their parents. Like, that's kind of a big premise. Yeah. So, so like, what, what, hap- what happened to you? Same thing. Parents, uh, grandparents. Um, I'm like probably the most passionate um, rugby league fan and one of the most passionate soccer fans in my friend group. I think, I, I think I'm out of the norm in terms of passion. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the person that you, you know, when they pan the shot in the crowd, after a close loss and the person's crying that's me i cry when we lose games when we lose very important games man yeah yeah i was gonna say uh you know know that guy that was holding the world cup trophy in the brazil seven uh, seven one yes that's me that would be me dude i've always said that if my rugby league team ever wins uh, the competition they haven't won the competition in 38 years by the way never never they've never won it yeah, I'll burn the city down. I'm on <laughs> burn the city down in joy. Yep, I'm on quote. Yeah, they can lock right. me up. So, I don't care. It's worth it. All right. So, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the article didn't say that. You know, like the ads just don't exist. They they just said that people like ads are like a proportionally they're a smaller part of the population now. Now there's there's a now, I, I think, now there's more so now there's more soy boys apparently. Yeah, just, just to quote, I, I think in general the. F- it's it's like a what do you want to call it? cascading effect in that in the baby boomer like the older eras it was more looked down upon to say you're not a sports fan whereas now it's ex- more acceptable and then if these people have kids those kids are then more more likely to say you know I don't really care about sports and it's like a it's like a domino effect kind of thing where now I nowadays mean, it's you... more accepted to be like oh sports yeah I'm not a big fan. I mean, it's really interesting because if you look at the article, uh, so it actually increases. So it says 31% of boomers say they're sports fans, 33% of Gen X, and then 42 for millennials, and then it goes down to 23 for Gen Z. So that's actually, that curve is very intriguing. Like it, it was actually going up. And then now it's, it, it took a, interesting. a huge downturn. So like, that's, the, that's the thing that, that I'm curious about because it seems like not only were the previous generations passing it along to their kids, but it was it was spreading, so I so I don't know what's going on with this generation. Like, like somehow, like did, did something change where they don't want to make their kids, kids sports fans anymore? Like, I don't think that's a thing. Like most parents want their kids to be sports fans, right? They want them to support the same team as they do, right? So, 
Netflix. I don't know. Maybe it really is just the internet and the, the variety of entertainment you can get. Like, even if you try to make your kid watch NFL games with you, they'd rather be on their iPad playing whatever. Man, I sound like a boomer now. Internet killed the sports star. Which I am. I am a boomer. Oh, so, oh, so, uh, Keith, you are, what are you? You're a lapsed sports fan. You're an occasional sports fan, opportunistic sports fan. How do you describe yourself? Uh, I've only ever watched important games. Okay. Meaning finals or playoffs, but mostly finals. And that's when your regional team is doing well, right? When the San Diego teams are doing good? Uh, no, because San Diego teams never do good. Okay. Just in general, like I'll watch the Super Bowl, I'll watch the World Series, I'll watch the NBA Finals. Like, but you like you like the Padres when they're good, though, right? Like, well, you get interested at least. Like, you'll keep up with like how they're doing. You might not, you may not necessarily watch three hours of a game, but you'll keep up with it, won't you? Uh, I mean, I'll check in like every now and now and again. I don't like follow it like religiously or anything. And like, where's that from? That was just passed down from your parents. Like, wait, what's Where'd that start? Uh, the no, my family's are all Yankees fans. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I like I I went to a couple of the, like Padres games when I was younger. I didn't really like catch a bug for it or anything. It just like mm-hmm. I don't know, just being around the city. You know, sports are like a thing. So, do you have any do you have any theories as to like why like if this study is right like our generation millennials are the highest proportion of people who are sports fans. Like, do you have any like theory as to why that is? Uh, because sports are better. Be- what do you mean better? Better. Like the athletes are better. Uh, the competition but- is better. Mm. Um, but- so like we, during our lifetime, we've had the, like the greatest concentration of the best athletes. So it makes the sports uh, more entertaining. Uh, but of course, it's going to fall off a cliff because uh, yeah, sports, are still, sports are still tied to broadcast television because they're tied to advertisers. Um, and kids don't watch television. Hmm. I mean, I, I guess... So like maybe if you, if you, look, you take your theory even further, like sports, they, they became more popular with the proliferation of cable, maybe. Because like the old generations, it was just like what you know network game could you watch every week, and then you got regional cable, then you got regional broadcasters. So so maybe our our generation basically grew up in the heyday of sports being the most ubiquitously available entertainment content. I mean that makes sense, I guess. That, yeah. That's a pretty good theory. All right. Yeah, I also think um, the funny thing is a lot of kids nowadays they just watch highlights. They don't watch whole games. They watch highlights. Yeah, because they're not on TV, so they like they'll yeah. watch it if it's on the internet. If you make it available to them, sure, they'll somebody will find it. But as long as you're tied to like linear broadcast television, you're not going to reach the kids. Yeah, I think that was a that was a big push in Formula One where they just started really pushing Twitter and just having a lot of highlights, instant highlights, race highlights. Whereas before they were like, oh, we don't want to give our main. Uh, content away for free kind of thing yeah yeah i mean i can see why they do that but like does that actually drive people to watch a full game because i feel like the proliferation of highlights has actually had the opposite effect on me like with the nba i used to watch like maybe like one third of knicks games i don't think i've I've watched like a full knicks game in a really long time now i I think i think the bet is that um the people you lose 
um, transfers less than the people you gain who become fans enough to watch games and buy merch or whatever. Basically, buy the clothes. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm- I mean, it's it's a it's a good bet. I mean, it's it's like it's basically like sports are operating now. I feel like like a tech company. Like you know what, we gotta keep the users. We gotta keep, and we'll figure out how to make money from them later. Like that's how it feels like. Is it the startup companies? <laughs> yeah, like, like basically. So uh, so that with our boomer fans, they're operating like a, re- a real business because they know they'll tune in. But with the younger fans, they're basically then what the NBA or these like very uh, online oriented leagues are doing is like, you know what, we'll get the kids interested. We'll figure out how to make money off of them in like ten years. Yeah, fair enough. All right, how that should work. Well, all right. Well, uh, is that all we got on topic? Do you want to take a little break, a little ad break, and then we move on to our next one? Yeah, sure. We've got ads, right? What are we? What are we shilling this week? Uh, the New York Knicks. Give, no, give, giving money to us. Oh right, right. Ad break is giving money to us. We don't have actual sponsors yet, yet. But if you do want to sponsor us, let us know. So where can uh, you also, give us? Also, make, 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 Make sure to thank uh, our, our our loyal. It's not patrons. So what do you call like co- coffee givers? Because like, on Patreon, it's patrons. But what do you call people who are on? I don't know. K- 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 listeners. K- like, I don't know. K- what K- it sounds like special. What, what, what do you. Is there a special name for people who subscribe on OnlyFans or is it just subscribers? They, they should make a name. They should make a name for that if it isn't already. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's just subscribers and or fans. Ah, oh, fans. I guess that makes sense. It isn't the name. All right. Sorry. Ads. Yeah. Right. So ads. Who back has helped to, us this week? Back to uh, back to reality. Um. So yeah, we just like to thank all of our supporters. In the past couple of weeks, we've had Jason's friend who had said the burritos definitely were not a bit. Um. I I still refuse to believe this. Is actually, Jason's best friend and not just Jason. Um, trying to remind us that this wasn't a bit Jason if this was you I, I knew it was you all the time and we also had Felix who bought us one as well we have to fund Ad's trip to Japan right I have to thank Keith for all the hard work no mention of wax uh, typical typical <laughs> it's alright wax you, you do the heavy lifting of um finding all the articles of for me not to read going on, yeah going on Sora News and looking at yeah. exactly going on Sora News and Twitter trending Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, if you would like to be one of these people, and we'll we'll do a running shouting out of people who give us money because that, that definitely happens often enough for us to do it weekly, right? Right. Um, you can right, go, exactly. <laughs> you can go to ko fi dot com slash the jujus to get, support us and buy us coffee and support me in not going broke before I leave for Japan. All right. But regardless of whether you do that, we just you know, we love it. Love your support. Keep it up. Keep the listening up. Keep the subscriptions, the, the follows. I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Stuff like that. Yeah, keep doing that. All right. All right. Let's go on to the next topic. I'll, I guess I'll introduce it. Um, you know what? Let's go with the, the callback. Uh, we, we can talk about sports gambling later. We, we'll have plenty of time for that after I've lost more money. Oh yeah! By the way, sports gambling was uh, online sports gambling was legalized in New York. I'm, I'm I'm testing the waters. I'll tell you guys how it goes, but uh, much more time for that later. So basically, Wax so, is saying send him money so he can <laughs> gamble more. No, 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 no. It's like I so okay. I, I said I wouldn't go into it, but basically, 
it's a sports athlete just lodged into, in New York and try to get people in and hook them. They're giving away a lot of free money, basically. Or not free money, free bets. So right now, I'm still just playing with the free bets. Like I haven't put in any of my own money. But uh, yeah, who knows? I'll tell you whether their insidious plan worked or not. It sounds like it did. <laughs> I, 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 did bet, I did use my free money to bet against your team, by the way. Against Manchester United. Because you bet against us? Did we lose? Yes. Uh, no, it's on, it's on like... It's on this weekend's matches. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, we probably will it's, lose. It's coming up, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's Aston Villa. They, I, I think they suck. I have no uh, idea who's on either team, but it, it does we, seem we, like wait, wait, we beat us. Aston Villa. Are we playing them again in the EPL? Oh wait, you play? Oh shit! Well, then I lost my bet. Fuck. Anyway, <laughs> and, yeah, anyway, I'm then. Unless there's another I, one. I, wait, wait, we're playing again. Yeah. No, 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 I don't know if you bet yeah, FA no. Cup. We beat them in the FA Cup, but we're playing them in the EPL this week as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. So, yeah, I, I bet on you guys to lose because it seemed funny to bet against ads. It is anyway. funny. Yes. <laughs> so, the callback is that allegedly, allegedly, cigarettes are making a comeback among the youth in America. Cigarette, cigarette smoking. So, this is a New York Times article, and it's a bit sketchy, I'll admit. Basically, they're only empirical uh, information here. It was that, uh, well, so this is like pretty big empirical information. The, the uh, joke I is think. that the New York Times is always sketchy. Just have to put it yeah, there. Yeah, okay, okay. Right, move on, so, move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think this was the F- FTC, not FTC, whatever. It, it was a, gover- a government body did a study that said that cigarette sales have increased for the first time in two decades in 2020. So in 2020, cigarette sales have been going, it had been on downtrend, and they ticked upward by 0.3% in 2020. And this article, because like they can't say, uh, you know, who was responsible for this uptick, uh, they're going by anecdotal evidence, saying that oh, maybe, maybe it's the youth. So this is why this article is in the in the style section. It's not in the health section because they they could yeah, it, it does not meet like a necessarily a journalistic standard to put it as hard news saying definitely younger generations are smoking cigarettes more. But they did go to Brooklyn and interview like four incredibly annoying people about why young people are smoking again. So let let me read some like quotes. I'm just reading the quotes because I put this article in just just so we could hate on young people. Cat Frey, a 25-year-old copywriter who lives in Brooklyn, picked up the habit last year. We're having a very sexy and ethereal 1980s revival, and smoking is a part of that, she said. A lot of people I know are posting pictures doing it. I'm doing it. It's having its moment for sure. Okay, another quote. Beautiful people do it. Really talented memes. people do these it. Can't said be real people. <laughs> these cannot. No, no, no. These can. These people are not real. Right, read the quote. Said Miss Amos, who lives on the Lower East Side. It goes with the things I admire. In fact, back in college, she wrote a little manifesto about smoking titled Notes of a Neo-Smoker, which included missives like, Smoking is this epitome of masochism, and it is a joy to be contemporarily atypical. All right. So... These people aren't real. You know, yeah, I so... Uh, the hard data is interesting because that that hard data is real. Like it, it, so there is hard data. That hard data again, as I reiterate, it it did not say who was buying them more. It could have been for a lot of reasons. But in 2020, during the pandemic, cigarette smoking did go up. So yeah, it could have just been people who like honestly, it does seem like it's just people who had given up smoking or stressed the fuck out because of the pandemic, and they just smoked across all age groups. Everyone just started smoking again. That's what it seems like to me. But I don't know, but ads like culturally, like a, as the resident young person, can you see any? Is there any like glimmer of truth in this? This, like, you know, regardless I, of the, uh, 
hyper annoying uh, quotes. Yeah, I, th- I think you just have those quotes to trigger me. I think cigarettes in general are not as popular as vaping. Vaping is just massive in Australia. Um, and they've recently banned nicotine vapes, but shocker, they're not actually banned. You could go to pretty much any corner store and buy nicotine vapes, um, at least in my areas. Um, but I think what I've noticed is that young people, when they do catch the habit, are more likely to try and like break it, like, like try and quit. Like all my friends that have, have started smoking or have smoked cigarettes. in the past, yeah, cigarettes, yeah, in the past six to eight years, um, they've always, they, they always say, you know, I really want to quit. You know what I mean? Whereas I think older people are just like ingrained in them that like, all right, this is me for the rest of my life. Whether they actually quit or not is beside the point, but just talking about quitting. So I think younger people are just more aware that it's not a great habit to have and therefore more likely to try and break it than older people are. Um, Do I think that more people have started smoking recently? Yeah, you could say that. Um, I'm a casual smoker, so I only smoke when I drink. It's a very good strategy. Um, uh, but it's okay because I don't plan to live past sixty-three, anyways. <laughs> wait, wait. So why did you start smoking? Why do I smoke? Why did you start smoking, and why do you still smoke? I don't smoke. I thought you said you're a casual smoker. What? What do we? What, what do you define my casual? I'm a social smoker. I should say social smoker. Sorry. Well, that, that's what I mean. So, like, why do you start smoking socially, and why don't you quit? Why don't I quit? So it's only like once a month, and it's only a couple of cigarettes. But why okay. don't I? Uh, why don't I quit? It's just like, okay, this person is right though. Cool people. Is, is smoke. it cool? Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's okay. it's, yeah, it's, that's Fuck what I want to ask you. Fuck this person. That's, that's what I was asking you. It's like, it, it's, uh, you, you know, even though, so I feel like, so this article actually, so I, I didn't, I know I knew you wouldn't read it. So I only put in the most triggering quotes, but uh, I mean, the, the article acknowledges that the perception amongst young people, like, like basically Everyone who's who is smoking, who's young, they know. They, they're reiterating what you said. They all know it's bad. The messaging is out there. The information is out there. Smoking is like, like really bad for your health. Everyone knows that, but they're just smoking anyway because it's cool. Basically, that's what the article is saying. Yeah, I would agree with that terminology. Sadly, so so is why is smoking cool? Is, is it just because of media? I, I guess it's just pictures of media, right? Because like it's, honestly, like I don't I don't see like a rando dude smoking on, on the on the sidewalk and think that guy is cool. You know, it, it really has to just be movies. Like, I, I think it, like that's movies. the only reason it could be, right? But it, this this person, it's it's because you know it's bad that makes it cool. Mm, that that I, that I'm not sure about. Like I, that's going like one layer deeper. Like, like but that's like no, that's, I, it's very that's postmodern, man. I, I I think it's whole like. Beyond its coolness from like sh- being shown in like movies or music or whatever, is the fact yep. that you know this is bad for you while you're smoking it, and you're still yep. smoking it. It's it's like a little bit of self self uh, what do you call self actualize actualization, I guess, kind of thing. Where like you I, you, I, you have I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think that's what that means, but whatever. Let's go with it. <laughs> Let's go with it. Uh, there was a word that I'm oh, trying oh, to think of, but it's not oh, coming to my oh, brain. Oh, oh self self determination. That's what self determination. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I was gonna say. Um, yeah, so yeah, good, yeah, good, good thing, good thing, you, good thing you teach math, man. Okay, so I'm sorry. Not not, not English. Wait, do you teach English too? I teach English, not math. <laughs> oh no, 
It's oh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> what okay. do the kids have to know about self-actualization determination? Anyways. Okay. Regardless, what I'm trying to say is that uh, if you know that it's 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 bad, um, then and you still do it, then you're like, oh right, I have a bit of control of my life. That you, I guess, I've always argued that people will have a distinct lack of control over their lives nowadays, and they're trying to pull back any control that they can at any time. Mm. That's true. Like cigarettes have always been like visually a, like a symbol of rebellion, right? It's been associated yeah. with like young like, rebels and mavericks. Mm-hmm. Okay, this right. doesn't make any sense. All right. Don't Explain. say don't say this is don't agree with what he just said. Getting <laughs> addicted to something is not a way to get control over your life. <laughs> I didn't say it's you, correct. I you make, said you make a good point. What do you mean? That is control over your life. If I want to be addicted to alcohol, that's that's losing control. That is not gaining control. No the system says to me, don't smoke. I'm going no against said, the system. No one said it was logic. It was internally consistent. We were just we we're just talking about like the uh, the start off point in in, in the. No, it does, it's it's not necessarily consistent. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, where were we going with this? So yeah, I, I feel like uh, despite us mocking these people, like we have like a point of empathy with it. Like, like we we can understand why these why these uh these annoying young people are being annoying young people because like. As is an annoying young person, I was once an annoying young person, so I can sort of sympathize. Damn, that's right. Look, what I, <laughs> what we're trying to what, what I'm trying. By the way, I, I would be one hundred percent in favor of banning cigarettes, but also actually, I'm also the one. I'm also the person who argues like just legalize all drugs, or at least decriminalize all drugs for people of every age. No, not for people of every age. <laughs> just above the age of twelve, wax. No. Well, age 18. I'm ageist, what okay. can I say? Hey, uh, wait, what's the smoking age in Australia? Is it, is it 16 or 18? I, th- I think it's 16, but it might be 18. Why? Signs say 16, but I don't know if it got changed. Why is it lower than, than drinking? Like, like, what's the logic there? There's probably no logic. It's probably just like a lobby, but whatever. It's probably just like an old... Uh, no, it is 18 years old. Yeah. I'm wrong. All right. So, okay, all right, all right. so, 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 here, so here's like a, a question I would ask you. So to try to like get at the core of why people's the aesthetic value of smoking if there was no uh health risk at all to smoking would you smoke i don't smoke by the way so like that's uh well, i smoke cigarettes i, I just say honestly i don't I, yeah i don't smoke cigarettes either C- cigarettes or at least australian cigarettes they destroy my my throat and I, it's not worth it i don't even like the but- taste of them but aesthetically, like, do you, if there was no health it, risk, would it, you smoke if there were no health risk and it didn't like destroy my throat in terms of like the actual taste, and I actually enjoyed the taste, yeah, I'll, oh yeah, I'll smoke. What? Okay, yeah, that, but, that's that, yeah, because because it's 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 like object not objectively, but it's cool, like it, it it's visually cool, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, like if if I knew there was no health risk and I actually liked the taste, I would probably smoke for the. Because it because it is cool as like basically but a style statement. It's also extremely expensive in Australia, so I probably still wouldn't smoke. But if it wasn't as expensive, because uh, they t- took away all the taxation of it, then yeah, I would. Hmm. yeah. that's true. So there's, too, there's too many layers. Alright, smoking is not cool. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, nerd. <laughs> smoking. What <laughs> about smoking up, is nerd. cool? Smoking is no. not cool. No, aesthetically, it's not cool because it kills no. you. No, that's no, that's why it's not cool. No, people. 
who society has conditioned you to think look cool are partnered with smoking. Smoking doesn't look cool. It's true. Smoking won't make me look as hot as people who do smoke. Oh, if you had a bunch of nerds standing around smoking cigarettes, you would not think they were cool. No, no, yeah, no. I agree. Like, I totally agree with you. Like, people, the random person who's like exhausted smoking a cigarette at a at a bus stop doesn't look cool. But we definitely have been conditioned to think it's cool for movies. But I'm saying, like, that's the power of. So what you're saying is the average smoker isn't cool. Yeah, well, we can but, aspire to be. The, no, I'm saying be the smoking is not cool. There's nothing <laughs> cool about smoking. No, we can no, aspire no. to. You we can, can be can... cool independent of smoking, and then also be a smoker. Let's agree to disagree here. <laughs> yeah. Also, your breath smells terrible. Yeah, that's why I don't like it as well. I, I, well, no. Smoking well, yeah, breath yeah, yeah. really I mean, turns me off. It's... You know, but no, no, basically, I mean, that's that, that was the hypothetical. It was like if you could get rid of like the uh, the downsides, like. So if like there was no addiction and no cancer and no bad breath and no sore throat yeah. and no and no expense no, no high expense yeah yeah so you you're just you're cool. doing like you're like a video game character doing an emote of smoking yeah yes. yeah that's, like the, that's exactly what I want to do like, like a burnt a burning pile of leaves in your mouth and smoking it with like, an well, wax like, do you know the um do you know the I feel like that's worse you know the Arctic Monkeys album where they're smoking on the cover. I'll look it up right now. But okay, but uh, are you saying it's inc- are you saying it's incredibly cool and it made you become like a, a smoking addict? Yeah, it's it's their first album. It's their debut album. What is it called again? Anyways, the, it's the guy smoking a cigarette. It's black. It's in black and white. Anyways, Wax mm-hmm. will find the name of the album. Um, actually, yeah. a, a few of the albums do have smoking on it. But anyways, my friends and I. Oh yeah, what, yeah. My go. friends and I. Oh, yeah. Once bummed cigarettes off. Of some random people on the street, and then recreated that album cover, like all of us. I'm sure I have the picture right. somewhere. It was a very fun, fun album cover rendition. So there, there you go. Factual evidence that yeah, smoking is cool. That you are brain poisoned. Yeah, I, I am brain poisoned. We're all brain poisoned. No, we're, we're, if, we're if not, you're we're pre- not denying that, if you're pretending that you're not brain, look cool. If yes, he does. No, he doesn't. You just like the Arctic monkeys. This guy does not look cool. This is just a basic ass white dude with a cigarette in his mouth. He doesn't look cool. Look, I will have you know that 17 year old me thought I looked so cool in that photo. I'm so glad kids today are not falling for this. They are, though. Apparently, they are. Wax is saying they're not. No, Wax said that there's no. Actual Wax evidence said, presented. Wax said he doesn't know. Article. Yeah. yeah. Also, the thing that it, in that article, the, some of them are uh, are actually a little young. Like, there's a 22 year old and a 21 year old, I think, mentioned. But some yeah. of them are like 25, and that's just like hey, that's I'm, the, I'm, that's like my dead generation I, still. I'm, like, I'm tw- I'm 25. Yeah, yeah, but I'm that's what I'm saying. Like, you're you're still old enough that you would have been like. Like, we could have been classmates almost, and I had plenty of classmates that smoked cigarettes, but I would expect people younger than that uh, to not be smokers, which is why, like, the 21-year-old uh, was more surprising, but, like, the older now, ones pe- in that article are... Vape, vape nowadays. People just vape. Are, are well, not really so, that surprising. Well, well so, like, uh, again, ads, like, I only posted the, the money quotes to annoy you, but if you read the article, the thesis kind of is that uh, smoke... 
so basically, anti-smoking messaging has been incredibly successful in society. Smoking has like gone, cigarette smoking has gone down a lot, even though as nicotine consumption has gone up because of vaping, because of vaping. Uh, so it's just one of the latest because the youth will always rebel, right? The youth will always want to be countercultural. They, they will always want to be against whatever people tell them to do. So the thesis of the article is basically saying, "Hey, young kids nowadays, they, they're trying to look for things to rebel against." One of the things they found is smoking. And also part of it is that they also find vaping to be uncool because it's, it's, it's too prevalent. So basically people, so basically it, it's, 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 like, it, it's the, it's the cassette tape revival of fucking like, yeah, of we're nicot- doing of cassettes. nicotine. Yo, yeah, cassettes yeah, are cool, exactly. Cassettes are cool. They fucking suck. Like the sound quality cassettes are cool. Like, yes, they are cool because they, they have gears and you can like wind up with your finger and like they have, this, they have like a clicky uh, sound when you put well, them well, in the well, we have to ask Kate, they Kate, fucking suck. Kate, are cassettes cool? No, cassettes are not cool. They're Say this why you don't dorky. think smoking is cool. <laughs> no, no, it's exactly. cool. Exactly. Yo, yo, we, we, yo, this is an article. We, we should write the tweet or something, whatever. Like, it, oh man, whatever. Yeah, basically, yeah. So, smoke, smoking for twenty year, for people in their twenties, smoking cigarettes is basically like the same group of people deciding they want to listen to music on cassette tapes again instead of in high quality whatever digital formats we have. What about cassettes is young, cool? It's a, yeah. what Wax said. The whole um. Yeah, you don't so understand. You think, you think VHS is cool? Yeah, I think VHS is cool. That's you the guys thing. are like, actually insane. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying like I think it's cool, but I understand why people think it's cool. You went to fucking film school, man. You don't have to know like annoying kids who just thought old shit was cool, like being no. Because in cool. film school, you think film reels are cool, not VHS. Right, okay. but you, you, to, must have, to you must have known the kids who thought that older movies that were like objectively filmed in a pro, in a worse way were just cool for the sake of being old and being different from what's happening right now, right? You must have met kids who were just like no, because I didn't. I like didn't that. go to an actual like film school with insane people. I went to a state university. <laughs> no, no, you definitely. Program. Okay, look, I just I just want to say <laughs> this, but I just want to say this. I just want to say that I wouldn't listen to music regularly with cassettes but i would like to own the cassettes because i think the visual aspect of the cassettes is cool and if if it's a cassette that's well designed in terms of like the design on the cassette design of the cassette box i think that is cool i I think i can i would i would give you that i think there's there's a like an aspect of like a collection that i could understand but if you're using you like a cassette player for like aesthetic purposes, that's not cool. You're just weird. <laughs> okay, Keith, you, you can't tell me you didn't know these people. Like maybe you didn't like them, and maybe you had like. I think you people. you overestimate how much I socialize. <laughs> okay, that's 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 true. You, <laughs> but no, you, you I didn't. I did not. I didn't. I never encountered a group of people that were like obsessed with old movies for the sake of it. All right. So, so you you didn't meet Quentin Tarantino, who's just playing like movies off of his old like nineteen thirties projector. No, all right. I would not be friends with that person. <laughs> all right. Well then, well, pr- producer Keith, that's. Uh, uh, yeah, can I, can I? This is tangential. Uh, just just because we're on a nicotine topic. Uh, what do you think of hookah? I don't, I is it big there? It's massive here. Yeah. Pretty massive. Um, um, is it the same as as in as in the U.S. where it's like basically massive among like non-white populations? Or it's is it massive like, among non-white populations, but I think it's even like gone into the white population as well. 
Um, but mm, okay. here they've tried to like control it because before like you would have like actual dinner places that would just have hookah there as well. And yeah. like you'd be smoking hookah while you're eating dinner. But now they're like, yeah. oh, you can't really serve dinner but unless you're outdoors. It's and the, But you can serve like sna- like um, cakes and snacks and stuff like that. It's kind of we- right. weirdly legalized. But yeah, it still exists. It's very popular. I'm not a fan right. of it either. Oh, okay. I, I just want to state that I'm not a fan of smoking. I actually don't think you should smoke. I think smoking cool. is bad. I just think smoking cool, is man. cool. There's a difference. Yeah, it looks really cool. I just want to state that for the record here. I think smoking is bad. Don't smoke. I don't smoke. I very rarely smoke. And I, I would say that since I've quit drinking, I will now quit smoking. <laughs> okay. Okay. Keith. For six what months. What do you think about hookah? Keith, you, you think hookah is also gross? Uh, no, I don't have any opinions on it. Never done it. have no interest in it. All right. Never mind. All right. Yeah. Keith needs to come to Japan so I can take him to the hookah bus. Is it big in Japan too? What happened? There are some pretty big hookah bars in Japan. Apparently, I yeah, went to one. I, I, it was pretty good. I went to one in Korea and it, it fucking sucked. So I, I'm not particularly high on it in Korea, but in New York, it's pretty solid. Yeah, I think it's pretty big in New York. I've seen videos, tweets. I, I used to go. I used to go to a to go to a place. Okay, this is just a tangent. This is not even a topic. But I, I used to go to a place <laughs> where all the taxi drivers go to. Where all like the Egyptian taxi drivers go to? Uh, yo, I have the exact same place like down the road from my house. Yeah, 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 and, 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 and like wall to wall. So wall to wall, it's just TVs that are showing all of the satellite uh, channels that are in Arabic. So some of them from Lebanon, some of them are from Egypt, some of them are from like I don't know Oman, and uh, like it's a uh, man like, like fucking Middle Eastern TV is amazing. Like I, I used to just go there and just smoke and like watch the, watch the TVs, and I was like, it's like okay, so like apparently in Lebanon, like you can actually like. You can like, the women can show cleavage and they can actually like basically be like I don't want to say almost naked, but it can be very risque. So they always had the Lebanese music channel on, and then yeah, the Lebanese music channels are very risque. Yeah, like, yeah. For some reason, like the Lebanese, I guess Lebanon has like the most lax standards. So uh, so there's that, and I, I I saw the best reality show, and like it had to be fake. It had to be fake. There's no way it was real. But I, I really, really wished like it was so good that I'm still just like, de- like deluding myself into believing it was real. It was a thing where they'd bring a celebrity on and they just take them to, hey, we're going to go like we're taking you somewhere for like a press docket or whatever. Yeah, and yeah I know they fake <laughs> they fake an entire terrorist hijacking. Yeah, like, yep. they bl- they blow up shit on the side of the road and yeah, the guys come in with, with guns and they blindfold them and. The reveal basically is like they, you know, they blindfold them and say, "Okay, we're gonna make you read a hostage letter, like has hostage tapes," and they read a letter saying, "You know, I'm whatever." And the and the last line is, "And you've just been, you've just been pumped." It's great. That's the last line. And if you do that in Australia, you would be arrested instantly. Honestly, I watched that without sound on TV. I'm like, this is the best TV show ever. I don't give a fuck that it's so fake. I mean, it. it it, it can only be fake, but I fucking love it, and and I and I and I also like I, I also appreciate like the Middle Eastern producer of, of taking like a deadly serious thing that happens there. I don't know how often it happens there, but it definitely happens there, and just turning into comedy. It, it's it's the best morbid humor I've seen. It's so good. Yeah, if you want to watch uh, Middle Eastern TV, they've got some great. Um, they they're like I, I punk. To, I, I try, the punk yeah, shows I, are I, funny. I try, 
I tried to find like a YouTube clip of this show so I could just show people. It's it's it was really hard to find. I, I mean, I, I can't type Arabic, so like that's probably the reason why I can't okay. find it. But I could probably yeah. find it. I'll see if I can find. Yeah, it. yeah, yo, yo, find it and like maybe we'll include it in the episode description because like these shows are like insane and they're like hilarious. Alright, I'll see what I can do. All I right, actually so don't know how to type in Arabic, so I'm gonna need to get my mom or dad to help me. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, uh, so uh, that's that's all I got. Pretty, pretty much today. it. Are we done. Yeah, I think we're done. Let's do some song Shit. recommendations. All right, cool. All right. I'll go first because Wax hasn't got his one ready, I don't think. All right. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. One, Actually. my one is Nas Speechless. It's from his latest album with Hit Boy. Um, and he's, I think the third album that they've done. Uh, I think I actually like this one the most, even this album the most, even though it's the least cohesive, it's the shortest project. I, I think it's just Nas having like so much fun on the record and especially on this track where it feels like you're transported back to Nas. It was written era kind of Nas where it's like he knows he's good and he's not trying to prove it. And he's just going like, like going through the bars. The bars are great. The, the, the beat on this song especially is absolutely fantastic. I think it's a great song, great album. Definitely to it. If you like that old school Nas style. Okay. Uh, controversial take. Uh, Nas peaked at Illmatic. Like nothing he's done after that has been like, anywhere near as good. Yeah, it was written. It was really good. I I think this album was good. No, 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 no. I said after he peaked at Illmatic. Probably, <laughs> I, yeah. Actually, I, w- I would say, yeah. yeah. So, so that, it's not controversial. Like I, I honestly like. I think later now, everything after that is like fine, but like, nothing's like close to Illmatic. I think there's an argument to be made that it was written is better than than Illmatic. I think, but most people still say, like for for the majority, Illmatic was is the best album. Um, the problem for me is his voice changed. Like he just doesn't sound correct after that. I don't know why. You know, he was like sixteen when he got it Illmatic. Yeah. No, but that's but that's that's a it's a key thing, right? Like your vo- like even if you're all of your skill, you know everything. You know your delivery, your 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 lyricism, your whatever. Every if if all that shit is the same, if your voice is different, like it matters. Like unfortunately, like, it's music. Like you, and that's why I feel like Ill. Like, I think his voice really is still good though, in other ones. That's why I think it's fine. It's fine, but whatever. Maybe it's not controversial. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not controversial. Maybe people think the same. Okay. Sorry, right, Keith. All right. Uh, my song is Black Superhero by Robert Glasper with Killer, Killer Mike, BJ the Chicago Kid, and Big Crit off of his uh, first release, I think, off of his upcoming album, Black Radio 3. Uh, Robert Glasper is uh, like a Grammy award-winning uh, pianist, producer, arranger. A goat. Um, he's got a lot of uh, dope collabs and stuff and coming up on his uh, new album as well, the third in the series. Black Radio 1 was amazing. One of my favorites of all time. It was an incredible album. Okay. All right, uh, I will continue my trend of trying to go for like random Brooklyn rock deep cuts from the 2000s or the 2010s. I'm going to go with the Royal They Kamikaze. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's just proof that if you, it, there's always some people who are trying to do rock from the 90s as, as long as possible. People are trying to do punk rock in the 2010s. It's still pretty good, though. Also, this is like literally just a plug for one of my friends' bands, but whatever. 
I like how you led to that. This is good. <laughs> I, I know, no, no, like, 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 like that's that's kind of the reason why I know these fucking like random ass Brooklyn rock bands. Like, like because of my friends, like I just know that there's like a. I don't. I want to say a lot, but there's like there's still a collective of people in, out out in Brooklyn who are just trying to do '90s rock forever. And I, I will love them forever for that. Keep know, doing I, your thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll like it. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'll listen to it. Anyway, that's yeah. Let's, let's go. All right. Thank you for listening. As always, um, you can support us at ko-fi.com/slash/thejujus. Um, but listening to us is fun enough. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Wax and I telling you that smoking is cool and that you still shouldn't smoke and that sports is dead. Um, And you'll be dead if you smoke, so don't smoke. Uh, Thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next week.